Brett is the creator of Marked, Marked 2, Envialt, so many amazing things over at brettterfster.com. And uh, he is also the host of Systematic and Overtired on the ESN Network. And am I missing anything, Brett? I'm sure there's like a thousand other things that you do now. Um, I'm handsome. He's he's very handsome. Uh, I think the last time we talked, you were like 25. So, <laughs> <laughs> man, it has been a while. <laughs> no, and yeah, for those that don't that haven't listened to the old podcast, Brett was, I would say, my first. I would call him White Whale which I know for him, that's probably awkward because he's like, I'm just Brett. But um, I've been following Brett, his podcast, his products for years now. And I I liked to have envisioned myself one day to be in a similar position that he is in now, where it is um, an independent developer creating applications, not necessarily to create applications that are profitable, but to create applications that are helpful uh, first to him and then to other people and yet somehow still make a living doing that. And so thank you for all of the apps that I have downloaded, purchased, licensed, and everything else through you. But we're not, (laughs) but we are not talking about any of that today. Instead, we are talking about something that uh, just following you in the last couple of years that you have been big on, which is your uh, hacking your body, uh, as we as we put it in the notes, instead of hacking your computer. And I'll let you go into detail about how you started getting into uh, the yoga scene uh, in the past few years. Okay. Um, well, I guess much like coding, I started yoga to solve a problem. I had gotten to a point where I was 260 pounds and as a six foot tall guy, that's a lot. Um, I was out of shape. I couldn't even shovel my own driveway in Minnesota without injuring myself. Um, And yoga was like, it it looked like a, a really easy way to just start moving again. So combined with daily walks, I just started going to yoga classes with a friend of mine. And uh, it, it started progressing. Like I did everything the easy way in any yoga class, probably at least in the ones I've been to, they always offer you like an easy way, a medium way and a hard way to do every pose. Like you can always take it further. And I just started with the easy ways and it was really basic. Um, for me at the time I was sweating and it was hard, but over the last three years now, um, I can do things with my body that I never thought would be possible. I've lost 70 pounds. I'm active every day. Like it's been, it's been quite the journey. I I can only imagine the physical differences that come with losing 70 pounds, but uh, there's, there's these two stigmas that it's great to see you shatter. One is developers and like, physical health um a lot of people outside of the tech space like to picture uh, especially indie developers as you know the person sitting in front of a computer desk eating doritos with like cans and cans of mountain dew like underneath you know the desk and uh, on top of that the stigma around uh men doing yoga and it's even as someone like when i was in the marine corps one of the the most fun 
uh, exercise routines that we had was we actually brought in uh, a yogi to come and, and just give us like a quick like getting started with yoga session and it literally kicked our butts like it, I think there wasn't like a marine that was there that was just like not sore for the next few days and uh, break kind of break those down like w- why why do these stigmas even exist and what was it like not only overcoming one but overcoming the other well, so as far as the health thing goes, it's easy to assume that developers are fat when you're fat, that they're out of shape when you're out of shape. But once you start looking, you realize a lot of indie developers are super health conscious. You, like uh, Daniel Jalcut, he's a runner, he's fit, uh, and he's prolific. So I guess I looked up uh, from my computer and realized that just because I'm a developer doesn't mean I have to sit in front of this machine for 14 hours a day and do nothing but gain weight. Um, I think I I still have that uh, kind of stereotype for gamers. I always think of gamers as surrounded by Mountain Dew and uh, not getting enough exercise, but I actually don't know any gamers. So that's probably my own stereotype. Um, But as far as like guys doing yoga, I, I just, I never understood. Like one of my favorite things is, is women. And there are a lot of women at yoga. So I, I, what's the, what's the hang up there? I don't know. Um, I actually, I, I'm, I like, I get along better with uh, women in general. So going to a place that had uh, more women than men was actually very comfortable for me. I fit in better. Uh, that never, I guess I never felt bad about that. Um, the guys that are in the yoga classes I take tend to be very strong. Um, like once you get into doing inversions and handstands, it's a, it, it's not a feminine pursuit or not like specifically exclusively a feminine pursuit. I think, I think you just have to see it from the inside before you realize how uh not how how a man can fit into a yoga world i can definitely see that and and i would think for the gamers too one of the things that uh we talk about and and i'm definitely not a gamer like i i learned once i had a kid like i am not a gamer like i prefer sleep over mountain dew any day of the week uh but one of the things that I have noticed, especially in the news lately, is a is like a, a overuse of like SSRIs and different types of I guess focus medication. Uh, the The doping industry is big in gaming, except for it's not steroids; it's Adderall. And as someone who you know is on ADHD medication, like I've, it took me. You know, like I think I've only I've only been on I've only been diagnosed for the last six months, but all six of those months have been so difficult just trying to get balanced and taking that back to the yoga side. um, You've been one that that doesn't talk extremely openly about a lot of the issues that you've had. But but you do say like, hey, I've had you know, you've had to struggle with some mental health stuff. Has yoga helped with that at all or is that just a completely different journey no that was 
it was the the reason that I kept going back after my first week of yoga was at that point I was they had taken away my stimulant medications for ADHD. Uh, they meaning the clinic that I was going to at the time, and I had no choice uh, but to use exercise to find focus. And I started only doing yoga in the mornings. At first, I had tried it, like let's see how it is in the morning and in the evening. If I do it in the morning, I get a couple hours of good focus just after doing an hour of yoga in the morning. Um, by to to compare that, if I go for a half hour walk, I get about a half hour of focus out of it. The exercise helps the ADHD, but the ratio of how much focus I get from an hour of doing something, yoga has been the best that I've found. It's been good for my depression. It's been good for my ADHD. And now I'm back on my ADHD meds, but there's no part of me that wants to stop doing yoga at this point. And to me, that's, that's, what's awesome about this. And, and I have, I haven't made the commitment to, to start doing yoga yet. Um, a lot of that is just time. But one of the things that I've started doing more is like you said, taking those walks where if I, if I take a 30 minute walk, I've discovered that my afternoons tend to be somewhat better. Um, and I, I think overall this whole idea around like being, physically in shape helps us to be mentally in shape which is something that you have to do as a developer like i've i've tried to write tests on like four hours of sleep and that is just the worst idea ever you start writing tests for the most uh, ridiculous things and i've started to value like okay hey i'm i'm gonna step away from the computer i'm gonna not do 14 hours in front of a screen instead i'm gonna do six and I'm going to take those other six hours to make sure that I'm enjoying my time. And I've learned that my actual productivity around my code is improved. Oh, yeah. And, and you don't have to spend two hours the next day trying to fix the convoluted mess you made. Absolutely. So I think that the one other thing that I really wanted to jump into was the, the mentality of, of getting into the swing of yoga. Like, we're very logic oriented people when it comes to doing the I guess like the programming side of things you know we think of things in terms of variables conditions arrays methods modules all of those different um, terms was it mentally easy to process yoga thinking of the different poses thinking of how you transition from one pose into another pose having the background as a developer that is a, it's a really good question. Um, I, I guess like my path to becoming a developer was probably atypical. Like I started programming to solve a single problem. I had something that I wanted my computer to do and there was no way to do it. So I learned how to code just enough to solve that problem. And then as I began to solve other problems, I began to see possibilities where I hadn't before began to use those tools to start creating new things. And I learned by messing up a lot. And I realized that that was actually, that's how I started yoga to solve a single problem. Uh, I, I never intended to become a yogi. Uh, it was a way to, in a, in a moment of struggle, a way to find uh, peace of mind. And 
as I got into it, the the more I got adept at the the beginner's tools, the more I began to see the possibilities. And uh, you know, when you're first there, you're you're following instructions. You're just <laughs> without being able to predict what's next. You're just doing what exactly what you're told to do, which is kind of the way it feels when you start programming. And then by the time I would say in the last year, once a class starts and we get past initial warm up stuff, I can usually predict where the class is going to go based on the opening stretches that we're doing because there's a different sequence of warm ups that you would use for different apex poses. So if your apex pose is bird of paradise, where you are basically you have your, your leg, your knee over your shoulder and you're standing uh, and then point your toe towards the ceiling there's a very specific set of hip openers and uh, calf lengthening that you do leading up to that pose. And once you learn those formulas, they can be pieced together in different ways. And there are some, uh, some stretches that might be more effective for one person than another. I'm to a point now where I formulate classes in my head. I can do them on my own. I kind of want to become a teacher. I've never wanted to teach coding. But I do kind of want to become a yoga teacher. But it has been the same, like mentality-wise, it has been very similar to the way that I, I became a developer. So what, what does that path to, I guess, yoga instruction look like? Uh, if, you, if you say you wanted to become a teacher, like what is that? Is that a process? Can you just open up a studio and be like, hey, I'm going to start teaching people yoga? Or is it, is it a little bit more structured than that? There is certification. Uh, there's a 200 hour, I don't, I don't, I haven't fully explored what, what it would take, but I know there's a 200 hour requirement. And then you, you go through trainings by studios that offer certification. I don't know what the, like, I don't know if there's an accreditation process for these various um, uh, certif certifications, but the type of forest that I love to do is called, a type of forest, the type of yoga that I love to do is called forest. Uh, F-O-R-R-E-S-T. And the training program for it is ridiculous and hard and long. And uh, it's, I'm to a point with it that that's actually appealing to me instead of terrifying. Um, I, I know that to be a forest instructor, to be allowed to include forest in the title of your class, you have to get basically uh, direct permission in the form of certification from the inventor of forest yoga and a forest so i think it depends on what kind of yoga you're doing but there's definitely a process so i'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to think here with like i'm i'm still coming at this of like hey interested in yoga but as a developer <laughs> um now i guess let's flip that around if you were to become a yoga instructor what would that mean for brettterpstra.com there is not at least where i live there's not a lot of money in yoga instruction it would be something i did for fun on the side uh everything i do now is always going to be more profitable than teaching a yoga class i, I could see all of your your applications getting new logos that are very uh, calming <laughs> <laughs> with lotus flowers and, and yeah like I thought this was a markdown interpreter. What? 
It's a Zen Markdown interpreter. Nice. So, and and I think that's that's one of the reasons why I I love having people on the show that have multiple areas of interest because we we kind we kind of get like classified as one thing and usually one thing only. Oh, you're a developer. Oh, you're you know, a coach. Oh, you're a yogi. Like, why can't you be more than one thing? Have you dealt with any, like, do you have people like at the yoga studio in which you practice come to you and be like, hey, you do websites, right? I We don't have a lot of conversations about what we do outside of the studio. And I never really thought about that before, but I don't, I think most people, when I'm in the studio, people think of me as a yogi. And then I kind of like when I'm, you know, talking to other developers, being able to surprise them and also be into yoga. Uh, because, yeah, people, you get pigeonholed. They're, you need one primary focus. People need need everyone to be one thing. And, and they can know that they're more than that. But people kind of need a label to put on everything. So I guess it kind of makes sense that people would see you as, say, a developer first and then, oh, and he also does yoga. I'm, I'm okay with that. So yoga is a thing that you do, not necessarily who you are. It, I, at this point, I honestly, I would say it's a part of who I am. I can't, okay. I can't currently imagine life without yoga. It is like just even just for the calming effects but also for physical strength yeah I, it's become a part of who i am i guess i wouldn't have said that a year or two ago but i'm kind of all in at this point that's awesome so so the last question before we we get to our after show is as as someone who's developed for years and as someone who has worked with uh, just different assortments of code and different projects of different scales, uh, we deal with burnout. Like burnout just happens. It's a thing that we can slow down, but ultimately at some point it will hit. And when it does, we have to kind of, there's, there's a few ways to work through it, but we kind of have to work around it or through it or underneath it. We have to do something with it. Um, do you run into that problem with yoga? And uh, I guess it's kind of a two-part question. If if not, what is the next progression? Like, is there, can you just one day just know everything about yoga? Yoga, Because I mean, I know that some people believe that like, so, oh, this developer knows everything about Python or everything about, you know, this language. There are very few people in the world that know everything about one particular language. Um, is that a possibility with yoga? Is it like I, the journey? So if you Google, if you look on YouTube for um, forest gravity surfing, you will see people doing some serious um, like Cirque du Soleil type of stuff. That's a goal. That's a distant goal of mine. And as long as I have that goal, all the work I do, it doesn't burn me out. Like I'm still striving for something. I have definitely at many points in my life burnt out on things. And I am one who is quick to leave behind something I feel burnt out on. Like I won't, 
I don't drag things on usually. I tend to be one to light everything on fire and walk away and start something new. Um, I, I can see that happening with yoga, or I can see it at least happening with the type of yoga that I do. I could see a point where I, I feel like I've plateaued and I want something new. But there's a lot of different types of yoga and a lot of different studios, and I feel like I could, I could blow things up and, and start again and still be a yogi. Although, who knows? Maybe I get into, like, CrossFit or something and become one of those people. That'll be the third episode that we do with Brad. The first one as a developer, the second one as a yogi, and the third one as a, a CrossFit instructor. <laughs> I, I have my doubts that that's going to happen. I, I tried doing CrossFit for, like, I think a month. And it was while I was still in the military. And that was great because a lot of the CrossFit exercises are like less than 30 minutes. And when you've got a busy schedule, you're great. And then there was one that just said the entire, like the entire wad for that day was to walk on your hands a hundred yards. And I was just like, nope, I'm done. <laughs> Cause I, a hundred yards. I mean, if you fall down, you just have to get back on your hands and just keep walking. You literally have to go. But it's cumulative, not a hundred yards straight. That I could yeah. see possibly being okay. <laughs> yeah, I just like I li like I'm literally on a football field and I'm just like looking, and I look down and I look again. And I'm like I'm out. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, no, that's the, the the whole thing's a little crazy to me. I I like weights. I'm not a fan of cardio, which is bad for me. My my doctor yells at me for that. I I get uh, an elevated heart rate doing flow based yoga. But I'm not a person anymore who wants to go running. I tried it. I really did. I hate running. There was a book that I read by uh, Haruki Murakami, like my favorite, one of my favorite authors of all time, and uh, he's a marathon runner. And uh, it, the book is called "What I Talk About When I Talk About Running," and it's actually like an, a giant metaphor for his writing process and and how he labeled it. And he, he was like, you know. One day I just wanted to run on the hardest marathon course in Italy. And in my mind, I was just like, I don't think I'll ever just want to like program in the hardest program. Like, I don't want to write in assembly. Like, that's just not the easier it is, the better. I never understood that that path of like, let me do the hardest thing in the world just because it's hard and that I can do it like. I would just rather do a thousand of the easier things in the world. Maybe it's because I'm lazy. I don't know. I, I, I feel like in programming, there's a certain bent towards efficiency. And if there's a smarter way to do something, we have a, uh, a tendency to do that instead of looking for the harder way to do something. But I do know the personality type that says, yeah, but I did it in assembler. So... And one day I will see a video of Brett doing forest gravity surfing. So, I I do hope so. Like I can do a lot of inversion stuff right now, but that kind of like going from seated in a in a lotus all the way up to a handstand without ever standing up. That kind of yeah. uh, arm strength is still working myself there. Oh man, that's. I don't, I don't even know what to say to that other than, Brett, tell everybody how they can get in touch with you if they have some developer or yoga questions, because I'm out. Happy to answer both. Um, 
you can find me at brettterpster.com and as TT Scoff on all of the uh, social medias. Uh, my, I'm on Mastodon now where I'm TT Scoff at nojack.easydns.ca, I think. And th that's the headache I have with Mastodon because it's like when I can't remember. I'm on Mastodon on like a couple of different um, instances and I have no idea how to tell people I'm on Mastodon. It's like, yeah, go to this full-fledged URL and then yeah. you'll find me. Yeah, it's a little more complex than uh, a Twitter handle. I should probably get like a, uh, a Mastodon.social handle too. But then I have to maintain multi, like, can you tie them together? I don't know yet. I'm still learning Mastodon. So I know with micro.blog, you can do the cross posting stuff. And I mean, on the development side, if you, if you do your own micro hosting, they all kind of build off the same API. Yeah. So you should be able to. <laughs> we'll find out. All right, so we'll cut the, the actual show there, and, and we can jump into the after show, which you've been a host on before, so I feel like this will be a little bit easier for you. But if uh, just in case you need a refresher, at the end of every show, I, I feel like I've asked all the possible questions that I can, and it's just easier for me to let my guests ask me questions instead. So at this point, welcome to um, – we can't call it systematic. We can't call it overtired. Uh, maybe we'll call it overmatic. <laughs> yeah. So you, you had a, a hiatus with this show? Um, so you, you remember a few minutes ago when you talked about just kind of getting fed up and burning everything to the ground? Yeah. Yeah, I did that. I, uh, I literally, like, destroyed the website. I took all of the episodes. I put them on Internet Archive. And I just said, I can't deal with this right now. And I think it was like two months later, I finally saw a psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your, uh, this, this relaunch you're doing now, what's, what's new and different? Um, the, the big thing was during the time that I burned everything to the ground, I, I had interviewed a couple of people who are, I don't want to say like huge in the, in the space, but I had, I had gotten to hang out with uh, Mike Barty up in Canada. Sure. Uh, from Productivityist, uh, great guy. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I can say I I enjoyed being on his podcast. I've had him on this podcast before, and uh, someone that literally, when he comes to San Diego, we always grab dinner. But uh, one of the things that that he had mentioned was, hey, you know, you have the ability to be a coach, but you're not charging rates that would sustain a coaching business. And I think at the time I was charging thirty dollars a month for coaching, and. Oh, wow. Yeah, and people were just like, that's ridiculous. And then the other person that I interviewed was uh, uh, Stephanie Hurlbert, uh, who on Twitter has like a huge following. And uh, she said the same thing. She was like, you know, hey, I do B2B business. You know, I, I don't think about the B2C side except for my like online persona. But when I'm, when I'm doing business, it is strictly B2B. I charge B2B rates. Uh, you seem like you have a great idea with this coaching thing, but you should really increase your pricing. And I said, okay, I'm going to take a full stab at this. And uh, just like that, everything started to implode. 
And I, I just said, I can't, I can't deal with that. So I, I did like the best of both worlds. I still, I actually charge $45 now um, instead of 30, but it's per call. And I mean, that's a lot more than what I was charging, but I also do podcast production and stuff on the side. And while doing all of that, there, it just felt like something was missing. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm bringing Pitt back. I'm doing it. It's going to be better. And so far it actually has been. Now that I've, you know, I'm getting better with medication, I'm gaining some balance. I no longer have this stupid heart monitor that I had to wear for a while, which is a whole nother story. But things were looking up and I said, you know what, if any time were going to come when I could bring back Pitt and I, I really missed it and wanted it to come back, now is the time. So let me just do it. And I'm going to do it my way and I'm not going to take the advice of others. And I'm, you know, let's just see what happens. And, and so far it's been good. Awesome. Well, welcome to Pitt in 2019. I'm calling it uh, the, the Pitt 2.0. Uh, it's weird because, you know, seasons are, are kind of funny like that. And I just read like a blog post about versioning and people were like, oh, well, if you don't, if you use a version that's like everything is version zero, then, you know, people don't think that it's serious enough. But then if you only have a version one, people think your product's new and and like a 2.0 is when it starts to actually make sense to people to invest in. So I was like, all right, whatever, 2.0. <laughs> Let's go with I, that. I hit, so Mark 2.0 was a complete rewrite. It was a whole new application. But then I started doing more incremental. I had 2.1, 2.2. When I hit 2.5, I switched to semantic versioning. 2.5 has been out for years now. I'm currently on 2.5.29. And I feel like it's actually, it, you're right, it's a good place. Like 2.0 was where it became a full-fledged product, even, even in my own mind. Uh, I don't really need to make it version 8, Mark 8. Plus, I, I put Mark 2, I put 2 into the title of the application, like a bonehead. And so now it's kind of, uh, I, I don't want, if I make a Mark 3, it has to be a whole new application again. But and, and that was kind of my goal here. Like each episode I, I had, I just recorded uh, 2.0.1 and then this will be 2.0.2. <laughs> and I'm just going to keep doing that until I have 2.0.1400 and something. And then we'll, we'll figure it out from there. Well, uh, you, you got to get to 2.1.0 at some point. When we get new music, we'll do, we'll do 2.1. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm doing something similar with Systematic. Systematic is uh, kind of on hiatus until February. And then I'm going to start doing a season-based approach because I definitely burnt out on Systematic. Um, I have great guests. I have great conversations. But I was finding myself uh, dreading sitting down for the hour to record them. And now I miss it. It's been a month or two. And um, I think that if I set up a topic, like pick one overarching topic, and then do six to eight episodes on that topic, and then take another break, and start putting it out as seasons, I think I'll burn out a lot less, and probably come out with more interesting shows than, than a burnt out podcaster just trying to produce every week. I'll be doing something that's actually interesting to me. I think that was one of the things like with, with this new relaunch, I said, I'm not doing any product 
um, I'll interview people who own, like, who have products, but I'm not doing, like, product features or product spotlights, and uh, the only time I'll do any type of, like, oh, hey, we're going to release this podcast around some release is for something that I really believe in, like, I'm, I'm currently talking with uh, some people for app, uh, what is it, uh, app camp for girls, yeah, and there is the Women X conference that happens later on this month in Oakland, and like these are things that I genuinely think that we need. We need more like, and I, I've told my wife this like I said, hey, I'm buying a ticket for somebody that I don't know in Oakland so they can go to this conference, and she was like, why? I said, because one day I hope that someone will buy my daughter a ticket to this random conference in Oakland for women. And I'm like, to me, that's, that's something that I want to see grow. I want my, I want my daughter to be able to go to app camp for girls when she's old enough. And I've, I've decided that as a business person, now I'm actually going to give a crap about the things out there that I want to see you know supported by Pitt on and to see you know my kids one day be a part of and to maybe even one day build myself I, I don't know where, what that looks like yet but I've I've just gotten tired of the point of like hey let me you know let me do something so that I can make a hundred bucks or let me do something so that I can you know get an advertiser like my goal right now for like patronage is if I make 150 bucks, my hosting is paid for for the entire year. And that means the money that would go to hosting, I can buy random conference tickets and just give them to people. That's awesome. Like, seriously, I, that, that touches my heart. And you're right. By, by, not, uh, by not shilling every product that pays you, you're actually building up trust. And when you do promote something that you really believe in, it has that much more weight. And App Camp for Girls is a really good choice for that. Absolutely. I, I've wanted to like figure out how to get involved in like, not even like in front of the scenes, like behind the scenes, just help get something in San Diego for App Camp for Girls. Cause we have, we have a large uh, technology center, but a lot of it is like, like biotech. And uh, of course we have Oracle, not Oracle. Um, what is the name of that company? We have a couple of big companies down here and everything is everything is like corporate focused and with a lot of corporate focused uh, projects you tend to not get the the stuff that matters everybody is still focused on well where did you get your CS degree at you know what branch of the military did you serve in and and all of these other things and it's like people can't afford that down here it's expensive like I, I can barely afford to run a business. Like I still have to do a daytime job just so I can afford my mortgage. And <laughs> like I bought it, I bought a house because it was cheaper than renting. Like that's how ridiculous it is down here. You know where it's cheap to live? Minnesota. Oh man, I, I, I would, but it's really cold up there. It's actually and, forty-five degrees today. Wow, I think it's actually like in the fifties in, in San Diego right now. So yeah, this is this we're supposed to at this point in the year be ten below at least. But this is a weird year and maybe a harbinger of the future. But right now it's forty five degrees outside and sunny. And yeah. our property tax is is minimal and our cost of living is compared to anything in California, our cost of living is basically free. 
So, so the, the real question is, do I have to pay to start an LLC? And if so, do I have to pay every single year? I started, I started an S Corp. I paid my lawyer, but I don't think there were fees. Uh, I don't cost, remember. It's it costs us $800 a year just to have an LLC. Wow. Yeah, I, I can't, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say anything because it's been so long in Minnesota since I've done it. Yeah. If that's a standard, it's probably true here too. Well, I, I think it is specifically a California standard. Um, and a lot of it was to, to avoid tax shelters. Uh, a lot of people were starting businesses because everything is so expensive and taxes are expensive. And it was like, oh, hey, if I start a business, I can throw everything under the business and then write it off. And I mean, well, yeah, that's true. I, I mean, I actually do operate a business, but I, right now I'm operating as a sole proprietor and like I'm partnering with someone in the UK just so that we can get like an LLP there and like, Oh, Hey, if we get an LLP there, I don't have to pay my crazy tax fees. And uh, it's, it's so frustrating. That it's crazy. Yeah. I was going to ask you something else. I forgot. I hate it when that happens. I, I remember, well, <laughs> I say I remember like it uh, hasn't been forever. Like on Systematic, you started doing like this, what was it, the pick six? Yeah. Episodes that, was, that were nothing but top picks, the perfect six. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have any picks, so I can't help you there. <laughs> um I don't know. It's it's been wild. I I bought an Apple pencil for my iPad, but I bought have the old iPad, so I have the old Apple pencil. That's <laughs> have you found it have you found it useful? Do you sketch much? I don't sketch, but I am a I'm an analog productivity person. So when it comes to like my day to day productivity, everything's on like pen and paper. Yeah. And I've I've noticed that I mean you see this this whole notion thing here, that is all business stuff. And when I'm having to navigate through that, it's just easier with the pencil, like on my iPad than it is. I mean, you remember the the frustration that I ran with this MacBook like 30 minutes ago. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, I can't, my handwriting is so bad that writing with my pencil would be uh, just out of the question as far as I'm concerned. Um, but I have been taking drawing lessons through <laughs> Udemy. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, I because I, I went to art school, I used to be able to draw pretty darn well. I have some great uh, some figure drawing that I I look at and try to remember how did I do that, and then I remember I would sit in five hour long classes and just draw the same model over and over again, and I'll eventually get there. But I somehow lost it along the way, and so I'm retraining myself to be able to draw again i want to get back into charcoal i want to be a yogi charcoal artist who happens to program i was going to say so you'll, you'll your days would be like four hours on a computer and then another like four hours in front of an easel and then another four hours in the studio uh, maybe three and a half will like get that down to like a 12 hour day um, hey that's that's a good balance though i mean i've spent in the last two days, I've probably spent 16 hours in front of a computer, and it's only 12, 15 in the afternoon. 
Yeah, that's way too much. Yeah. I'm down to, I, I work like actual sitting at a computer and working. I'm down to four hour days. And that is working well for me. I get more done because I take the time in the morning and I, I go to yoga class and I have a good, well, I usually have smoothies, but it's a good breakfast with lots of greens. And I take my time getting into work and then I put in four good hours and then go back to doing things that I enjoy and that help me, you know, recover, renew. And then being able to just do, because most people aren't productive for more than four hours a day anyway. So if I can put in my four hours when I'm productive, I don't have to sit and, and toil over things for eight hours at a time. I, th I think the problem that I have, though, is I might program for three hours, two or three hours, you know, just working on, I'm, I'm building this static page generator thing because all of the Python version ones don't support podcasting very well. Sure. So I was like, yeah, I'll just do my own. Why not? That's what, that's like WWBD. What would Brett do? <laughs> <laughs> but at, at the same time, it's like the other 10 hours are recording podcasts, editing podcasts, doing newsletters for people, which by the way, if you need a newsletter, let me know. Um, and, and like all of these other things. So then like, I turn the like I turn the screen down and it's like it's nine o'clock. I'm going to bed, but then I'm up again at five in the morning doing the exact same thing all day. And I can't say that I'm a huge fan of it, but at the same time, it's one of those like it's got to get done. And right now, I'm the only person that can do it. Which again, partnership. Hopefully, that changes a little bit. Uh, but it it's stressful. It really is. Like I, I have to also balance, you know, playing with a three month old and, and spending time with my wife and cooking dinner. And uh, yeah. 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 Like for me, I, I don't make nearly as much money as I used to. Um, I had to shed a lot of, a lot of extra things or things that were stressing me out in order to get to a place where I'm happy. Uh, I don't, I never, I don't care about being rich. Like it's never been a real goal of mine. I like to have enough money that I can not worry that I'm going to be able to pay my bills and get groceries and have a little to have fun with. If I can do that, I'm, I'm content. So it was easy for me to leave my great job and start paring down what I'm working on. It's more important to me to have these four hour days than it is to, uh, plus I don't have kids that would, that would be a huge time investment and I would need more money. So I get how that's different. I think the big thing for me is once I get this business to a point in which I can pay my bills, that's when the day job is like out the window. Like I'm, I'm not, and like my boss is like fully aware of that too. That's like the funny part. He's like, well, I'm not rooting for your business to fail, but at the same time, <laughs> I, I needed to like slowly progress to that point. And I mean, I'll, I'll be 30 this year. It's, I, I don't even, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was 25. I still don't fully know what I want to do now that I'm, you know, turning 30. And it's like, I just want to be able to cook dinner, go to the grocery store, buy more food so I can cook dinner. And then hang out with my kid and, and my wife. And 
doing all of this stuff, I enjoy the work that I'm doing, but I can definitely see where, you know, working in a nine to five, coming home, recording podcasts, editing the podcast, and then going to sleep at like 1130 at night is not conducive to a healthy uh, lifestyle. Or sustainable. Or sustainable, yeah. So now I got to somehow figure out how to put yoga in with that too. (laughs) (laughs) Are you going to try it? You know, I've, I had the, um, I forgot what it's called. It's like the app that they do. It was like a $30 a month subscription thing where like you can just uh, like. Yoga Glow up. or uh, Asana something. I want to say it was Yoga Glow. And, you know, I, it was, it was working. Like, I mean, I felt bad because my, my yoga mat that I'm standing on right now, not because I'm talking to you, just because that's what it has become, is <laughs> a great floor dampener. Um, like, it is, there has been so much sweat on it from doing videos, doing everything else. And it's like, if I tried to do yoga as well and fully commit to it, I feel like I would, I would like collapse. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, well. It worked for me. I can't. I can't be a hard sell for anyone else. I, I definitely could see how it would work. Like the times that I have done it, I have enjoyed doing it, and and I think that's a start. Like I have at least tried it, and I have no problem with it. It's just a matter of like, okay, I need to, if I if I pay someone, and actually go to the classes and do it, that means I have to work harder now because I have to justify paying. And then on top of that, that's more time that gets taken away. So one of the things that happened, uh, I mentioned earlier, uh, a heart monitor thing. Um, I got diagnosed with vasovagal syncope, which just means when I laugh too hard, I pass out. Oh, wow. Like actually pass out. And uh, yeah, they, they suspended my driver's license over it. And aside from carpooling, that means I walk to a lot of places that are nearby now. And that has helped. Like I've lost... 25 pounds just from not being able to drive anywhere um wow. so <laughs> congrats that. on that sorry about your heart that is in, a condition i have never heard of before in in the words of uh, my cardiologist now there's nothing going on with my heart that would allow that would cause me to drop dead instantly um but i could have a seizure <laughs> and that's where they're like oh, yeah we, we kind of have to keep an eye on this so Luckily, heart monitor's off now. I'm just waiting for him to write his clearance, and then I should be able to get my license back. Although I have to say, I kind of like walking to places, so I'm probably going to keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it's been really good for you. Yeah. Well, that walking. and the, the stimulants. I mean, I, I'm sure you've you've dealt with that. Like, once I started, um, I'm on Adzenus now, and it was the same thing with Adderall. Like, I can't eat when I'm medicated which sucks, but it's like a thing. Yeah, I don't have that problem. Oh, I'm jealous because... <laughs> I don't take high quantities. Uh, like I honestly, most days, barely feel the, uh, the stimulant effects. Mm. And it doesn't really... I don't know. It, 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 I don't think it works terribly well. I've been feeling like my meds aren't doing a lot for me. But I also don't want to give them up, so. Yeah, I and I totally get that. And, like, when I was on Adderall, I felt like a completely different person, and which was why I was like, okay, get me off this, because I'm not eating. I don't feel like myself. 
I, I felt like Superman, but I felt like Superman with like a kryptonite chest plate the second <laughs> that it wore off. And yeah. it was like, this isn't, this isn't good. Yeah. Yeah, I've been there. That, that folk line was like that for me. Yeah. Yep. Well, cool, man. I, I enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, me too. Good to talk to you. Welcome. Absolutely. It's good to have you back in the podcast world. You know, it's been interesting that a lot of people, I had people like tweeting about like, hey, what are some good productivity podcasts? And they would mention my podcast when it wasn't on anymore. And I was like, <laughs> uh, whoops, <laughs> like what's happening? Yeah, but your your episodes are also pretty evergreen. True. And and I also don't do the traditional, hey, let's talk about three ways you use to do it. Like right. we start we started like that and I just got so fed up with those conversations. Like I have people now that like when they try to like pitch their product on the show, I literally just stop them and just like, all right, look, that's not this kind of show. Let's we're talking about you, not your product. Like right. we'll, we'll we'll plug your product eventually. Just let's let's focus on you right now. Yeah, I'm the same way with systematic. I I I'd rather talk to people about why they do what they do than what they do. Very cool. Well, it's it's still my goal to get on systematic one day. So if you ever have an opening in your your seasonal episodes, let me know. I as soon as I get around to a a productivity season. <laughs> I'm not the person to talk to. I can help other people be productive, be productive myself. Right. Yeah, but you you have a view on it. You have a, a an eagle eye view on the productivity world. So that is true, and uh, I, I'd still I'm still looking forward to all of the cool things that you make, and I've still got to pick your brain on a few of them because uh, pinboard is amazing and frustrating at the same time. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm out of questions. I'm out of answers, so I think we're good. <laughs> All right. All right, man. Uh, this should actually come out not this coming Monday, but the following Monday. Cool. And if you have any good shots of you, which I uh, should just go to your Instagram page because you got like a ton of those uh, in your yoga poses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're welcome to any of the yoga shots. I do actually have a, a headshot that I took at the airport. It's on Instagram too, but... It's the one I'm going to start using for all of my publicity stuff. I'll send you a link to that. Okay, sounds good. Uh, just update this page. Uh, the this page will be available until the show comes out. So sounds good. And I can, if I have any questions, I can literally just throw a comment in here and tag you, and it'll shoot you a little email saying, "Hey, he has a question." Cool. All right. All right, man. Great conversation. Yeah. Good talking to you. All right. Chat with you later. It will not.